You are Locked On the NFL, your daily NFL podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Well, hello. I am Matt Williamson. This is the Locked On NFL podcast. How is everyone? It's been a little while since we chatted. I am back home. You absolutely have to check out Locked On NFL Draft, the entire Locked On Network. Things are buzzing right now around the league. But here's what's going to happen. This is going to be a two-part podcast, and it's something I've never done before. But my colleague at Steeler Nation Radio, Dale Lawley, mentioned it and thought you guys would really enjoy it. So over the course of the week in Indy through SNR, we sat down with a lot of prominent people from around the league. And I picked out six of those interviews. And yes, most of these will be through a Steeler lens. But that doesn't mean you Chiefs and Rams and Raiders fans won't enjoy it too. Because it's still great content with some great guests. And I'm just going to replay those back, back, back and, and go from there. You know, and see if you guys like it. Do two podcasts, you know, a, a part one and a part two. Um, right now, the defensive line drills are going on. Got home late last night from Indy, basically drove all day. So a couple notes before we get into that first interview that I'm going to replay is I do think if you like this, and you should probably check out our show, The Drive on SNR too, Dale Lawley and I. Um, I told you guys a, several podcasts ago that I think Kyler Murray is going to be the first pick overall. I could not think that even more now. I mean, I kind of feel like I was a little ahead of the curve. I think that's close to a done deal. Um, and these are just super quick notes because, again, I want to get into these interviews for you. When I get back next week to ta- get to our back to our regular schedule, we'll really break down what's been going on on the field in Indy. You know, that, that's more of what next week is about. But I just want to mention the Kyler Murray thing. Um, the offensive tackle, Dillard, I mean, lit it up. He's going to be a top 20 pick. Same with Fant. Same with Metcalf. I mean, these guys are putting up astonishing numbers. Um, clearly going to be early picks. I think all three of those guys go in the top 20. They were in that in that conversation to begin with. Did nothing to shortchange themselves. In a really good tight end class and really an amazing wide receiver class. But I do want to throw one Metcalf note at you before we get into these interviews. And it shouldn't really shock you. And I'm not saying it's a red flag, but it's noteworthy. I mean, as great as his numbers were, go look at his change of direction drills, you know, the three cone and the shuttles, they were actually pretty poor, which you would think, I mean, you see the, his body type as big, as strong as he is, but he didn't do well in those drills. So depending the style of routes, route combinations, offense, he's going to run at the pros. There's a little bit of room for bust there. I mean, you don't want him changing directions, Antonio Brown, like, you know what I mean? I mean, he's a straight-line, power, explosive, linear athlete. And if he's asked to do those things, he could be awesome. Who knows? We'll see. But I just want you to know that everyone's gushing about the Metcalf workouts. Well, the change of direction stuff was below average. Just you know, be, be aware of that. That's important. Uh, okay, so without much ado, we are going to dig right into these. I think you'll like them quite a bit. Please give me some feedback. I want to hear what you have to say. For two days, we've been talking about how one of our favorite things of the Combine here is being able to snag some people and have some fun discussions. And right now, we're excited to be joined by Matthew Barry, host of the Fantasy Show from ESPN. Thanks for taking the time. Of course, guys. Always. I've known Matt a long time. So. <laughs> sorry, <laughs> so, sorry to hear that. 
Great to see you again. Great to talk to you again. Yeah. We haven't talked to any fantasy in the last couple of days. I just want to do a couple of general things. Sure. And my take, I haven't given it a lot of thought really until you just sat down, but Antonio Brown, that's all we ever talked about. On sure, Nation of course. Radio. <laughs> I can imagine. His fantasy stock almost has to go down, right? You would think so. Listen, it was already starting to go down. I mean, yeah. you know, I mean, it was – he's still Antonio Brown, right, right obviously, right. but – he was the no-brainer number one wide receiver in fantasy for like five straight years, right? And not only was he ranked that way going into seasons, but he proved it. He ended up the year as the number one fantasy wide receiver. Well, um, towards the second half of last year, like actually Juju was having, you know, as much if not more fantasy success as A.B. And coming into this year that even if Brown returned to the Steelers, I would still have Devontae Adams as my number one wide oh, really? receiver number in fantasy. Okay. Just the consistency, you know, Brown's getting a little bit older. Juju's coming on. You know, um, as great as Antonio is, he is a little Roethlisberger dependent. Yes. You know, his numbers, his numbers drop, Fantasy obviously. Wise, sure, it, yeah. You know, in, in fairness, I think anyone would. I mean, all due respect to, you know, Landry Jones or, you know, Josh Dobbs or anyone that, that comes in, they're not Ben Roethlisberger, right? right? You know, it's first ballot Hall of Famers don't grow on trees. So, um, but anyway, but because Ben keeps getting banged up as well, so – Listen, he's still an elite player, both in the NFL and in fantasy, but his stock was already dropping a little bit. And I think assuming he moves on, no matter where he goes, it's hard to see his value increasing. I mean, I suppose like if he went to Green Bay. That's what I was about to you say. You know, yep. I mean, like. Because you just brought up Adams. I wonder right. That was a three of the curveball. Yeah, there. I mean, so I mean, I, you know, I guess if like you're on the field with Aaron Rodgers, right? If there's a couple places where. If he somehow wound up in New England, if he somehow, <laughs> you know, which I can't imagine that ever happening. New but, Orleans. Right, right. I mean, right. Exactly. Like Indy. You know what I mean? Like, but he um, almost has to go backwards. You would almost you would think so just because nothing else that even if it's a great quarterback like Aaron Rodgers, one of the things that the reason Adams is that, you know, Rodgers has so many of those scramble and those, you know, so many of those scramble plays and sort of, you know off schedule plays and he just they know where each other is going to be because mm -hmm. they play together and that's the same thing ben is so great at extending the play and for you know sure. and then and then you know him and ab have played together for so long there's you know there's that shorthand that just won't be there with any new quarterback no matter how good it is no matter how good antonio brown is so yeah. he's still gonna be a first round a top 10 fantasy wide receiver but yes his his value such as it you know which was already at such a high level is declining a little bit all right, the obvious Steeler follow-up question is Lev Bell's not going to be a Steeler either. Right. He could go to seven, eight teams. Who knows? Yeah. He's not going to be on my fantasy team, though. No, mine either. I mean, um, because here's the th – I mean, first off, you just uh, – same sort of thing. It is hard to imagine a scenario where he goes to a situation that's better for him than Pittsburgh. Even An Indy. offense that he knows. Even right. Indy. Yeah. Even Indy, which is a great offensive line. But um, – and by the way, he's been out of football for a year. Mm -hmm. We have no idea. You know, there were rumors he's ballooned up to 265. Who knows how true those are? But regardless of what his actual weight is, he's not in football shape. And he hasn't put on pads in a in a year. And so there's going to be rust. There's going to be learning the playbook. And it's, it's obviously easier for a running back. And he's, a you know, an extremely talented uh, player as well. So there's that helps with the learning curve. But. Yeah, I mean, he, I like, I currently have him as my number twelve running back in my ranks, hmm. but we just don't know where he's going to go. Sure, right, and and certainly, landing on the Jets is different if he lands on the Colts. For sure, for right, sure. and so I know there's a lot of so places. So much uncertainty around him. So though, much right? uncertainty, and so again, like you, you, this is somebody that has dealt with injuries throughout his career, and now he's coming off of a year where he hasn't played, and what kind of shape he's in, and he's going to have to learn the, you know, playbook. So there's enough question marks there where you certainly 
starts to think of think of him as more of a high end RB two than the top three consensus running back mm-hmm. one that he's always been. Um, you know, the one saving grace is that it would appear that um, Le'Veon's not going to sign anywhere unless he gets a lot of money, and you're not paying a guy a lot of money to not give to him the around. ball. Sure, yeah. yeah, I think you're 100 right. Along those lines, Bell has always been one of these first couple picks in the fantasy draft type of guy. I think this year, and again, I haven't given a lot of thought, but the Zeke, Gurley, McCaffrey, Kamara, Barkley, it's a really strong group of running backs, young, in their prime, exactly. catching the ball. You know, I mean, it's an ideal group to pick at the top of your fantasy draft. It really is. I mean, so, right. Um, like, right now, and it's so early, you know, and, and we'll see if uh, – we'll see what happens with Mark Ingram in New Orleans. But, yeah, I mean, when you think about – you think about Barkley and Zeke and Christian McCaffrey and um, – you know, uh, Todd Gurley, Early, obvi- Todd Early and, and Alvin Kamara and all those guys. And then, by the way, I mean, like, you know, we'll see what, you know, what ends up happening with Kareem Hunt. Kareem but Hunt, Nick yep. Chubb came through in a mm-hmm. big way. And so it's, you know, and it's exciting. And like, I'm a big Mixon fan. Oh, Mixon, yeah, right. Mixon's terrific. And, you, you know, God, you'd love to see Dalvin Cook healthy for a full mm-hmm. year, right? Yeah. And, you, you know, and same David with Fournette. And David Johnson right. should, you know, like, I spoke to David Johnson at the at the Super Bowl. I ran into him and. He was all smiles when I asked him about Cliff. You know, he's very <laughs> excited about that offense and the conversations he's had so far with Coach Kingsbury. So, you know, I mean, I I would agree with you. It's a it's a um, it's a great uh, and and by the way, James Conner. Like I mean, yeah. you know, where everyone's talking about AB and Le'Veon Bell. Like, and you feel bad a little bit because that has overshadowed what an amazing season James Conner had. Mm-hmm. Just an un, and I think the expectation would be that. Um, he would have a very similar season as well yeah. in the Steelers' offense. Yeah, I have one last question for you. I know you got to run, but I, I've been always been a big believer in my redraft leagues. I'm the last guy that takes a quarterback. I'm yep. the late round QB guy. Yep. I won my league this year with Trubisky and Allen and Fitz and Winston, right. but the guy that came in second, Emma Holmes, <laughs> <laughs> is he? Does he break the mold? I believe he does. Yeah. Uh, Look, I think he's a special guy, and he's a guy that you know. He's he's coming in his first full year as a starter. He's coming off the best fantasy season by a quarterback in NFL history. <laughs> right. I mean, and with so the here's ideal the thing. play caller. No, and, yeah. and, right with the ideal play caller, and you just have to see like Andy Reid's always had fantasy friendly quarterbacks. I mean, you know, he got a top five season out of Alex Smith. You think about you know Tyreek Hill and and Travis Kelsey and you know Watkins, and so there's a lot of young talent around him. And then the other thing with Mahomes is I think there's you know. He, he didn't really run as much as I would have expected. Mm-hmm. He's a mobile guy, so I think there's some fantasy value still to be had with his legs. Patrick Mahomes, Patrick Mahomes' um, uh, touchdown total, everyone's like, oh, he's going to regress, he's going to regress. Okay, his touchdown total could in- decrease by 20%, and he still throws 40. <laughs> right. I mean, that's yeah, what's that's crazy about it, right, it right? right? I mean, like, okay, he decreases by 20%, which I think is, that's a big number. But let's say he decreases by 20%. You're still looking at a guy that threw 40 touchdowns. And I bet, like you said before, maybe he runs for two more. Right. You I know? mean, and you just – it's one of those things where it's like I know what the numbers say and I know that there hasn't been a repeat number one quarterback in a long time. Mm-hmm. I just think that kid's special. Yeah. I, I don't think I'm saying anything controversial there. I mean, you just watch him and you're like, that kid's special. Yeah. Matthew, you're the man. Thanks so much for stopping Appreciate by. it, guys. My pleasure. <laughs> Thank you, Matthew Berry from the Fantasy Show on ESPN. Thanks to him for the time. And Matt Williamson and Wesley Euler here with you. I think we're going to be joined by Santonio Holmes here in nice. just a second. This should be a fun one here. Coming and sitting down. 
San Antonio Holmes, Steelers legend, Super Bowl MVP. I want to make sure I get this get this right here, Tone. It looks like you are here with the NFL Legends community. Is that correct? Correct, 100%. And it says the NFL Legends community provides unique opportunities and resources for players to engage year-round and aims to celebrate and embrace former players and their families. Launched in 2013, San Antonio is one of 14 NFL legends on hand at the Combine, serving as mentors to prospects this week. This is one of the NFL's initiatives to connect the game's greats to future stars of the NFL. How important do you think it is for, for these young guys to have a resource like that available? Oh, man, the Legends community has been awesome. Um, they've taken me in you know, from day one and have given me an opportunity to be able to share my message you know, to a, a lot of young kids that have ambitions on becoming, you know, NFL stars. And that's through the leadership of the mentoring program that the legends have uh, brought to our attention. Um, it's tremendous. I think it's something that we should have had years ago. But uh, thankfully, you know, new technology is allowing us to, to stay ahead of the game today and to bring in the, the legends community to the NFL Combine to be able to mentor the young guys on, you know, expectations uh, and things like that for, you know, their, their lives and how they should carry themselves, you know, is really tremendous, you know, that they give us an opportunity to be that guy for them. <laughs> I have to take this opportunity. The last time I talked to you, and you don't remember this, I'm sure, okay. you were a 16-year-old getting off the bus <laughs> at Glade Central High School for pit passing camp. The first time you ever Ooh. saw the facility. <laughs> I was a recruiting oh, wow. assistant. And when wow. you guys all got off the bus, and I was kind of in charge of passing camp, and we offered wow. you a scholarship. Yes, you and did. And watched you that whole time. It was. What have you been up to since then, <laughs> San Antonio? Oh man, what an amazing time! Um, and I always regretted. I'm like, man, he, he walked out the door. Coach, we could Coach had, JD Brockhart. Yep, I will never forget that guy's name. Yeah, uh, he was a special one. You and know, I, co-receiver coach for the University. Of absolutely, Pitt. I followed him to Akron after as his director of ops. And, oh my gosh! And I uh, sat there thinking. We could have had him and Larry for t two or three years. It would have been a wonderful oh my God, music. Yeah, that would have been a great time with Tyler I think that was the first time you ever saw a college, though. Yeah. You, know, you yeah. guys drove up from Glade Central to drove Pittsburgh. Drove up, man. It was, uh, <laughs> three, it was four of us in a car. Uh, oh, wow. We had, we had Sheldon Miles. I mean, Sheldon Harriet. Excuse me. I said Claude Sheldon I said Sheldon Miles is my yeah. brother's okay. uh, name, but uh, Sheldon Harriet Claude Harriet went there, uh, right? was the brother of Claude Harriet, who played at the University of Pitt. Uh, from 99 to 01, 02, right or something there, like yeah. that. Yeah, his last year was my first year there. Okay, so. With, like, Antonio Bryant. And, yes, yeah. yes. And um, uh, they had asked to bring up some guys for, from Belglade. And I was like, hey, <laughs> sign me up. You yeah. know, I would love to go travel all the way to Pennsylvania <laughs> to uh, to see the facilities and to get the chance to see something new, you know, outside of the realms of, of Belglade. Uh, being in the city, uh, excuse me, a city of five miles long and five miles wide that, you know, you don't really consider that as a city, you know, compared to most other, you know, big cities uh, in sure. the world. So to get that opportunity to leave from Belle Glade to to travel all the way to Pennsylvania, you know, and get to experience a road trip, you know, was really a, a life lesson for me. Yeah, very cool. I just couldn't pass up the opportunity. <laughs> That's the last time I saw you, yeah. 16 years wow. ago or something. Wow. So what Memories. was your first impressions of Pittsburgh that day? Uh, I was ready. I yeah. was ready to You're come and play. You I think Fitzgerald's name scared me, you know, so much because that's all that you guys talked about was we have this Prop 48 guy coming in <laughs> named Larry Fitzgerald, yep. and he's going to be our guy. And I'm he, like, never turned uh, out. he never turned into anything. Well, where would I fit in if he's going to be the guy? You know, where would I be? Will I be the other guy or behind the guy, you know? And uh, I think that kind of scared me away. Oh, Ohio but, State didn't have anybody. Oh, at, at the time, <laughs> uh, 
No, we got uh, we had three receiver, four receivers drafted before I got drafted. In, oh, in, uh, you went in with I've Teddy Ginn right in that area, right? Teddy went after me. He was a year older than you or no, younger he was than after you? after me, yes, okay. sir. Yes, sir. He's he two years well. younger than me, but oh, I I'm left sorry. early. Okay, right. Uh, and he left the year after I left, so – well, it's great you're back involved. It's fantastic. I just I couldn't couldn't pass up the opportunity. Thank you. Thank you for bringing that up, man. If it it's makes you guys memories. feel any better, I think I was probably 13 or 14 when that this was when this was all when this was all going on. No, no, no. This is ni- This is uh, 2001. All oh, 2001. So yeah. Yeah. I would have been 10 years old. Yeah. Nine years old. Okay. Yeah, this is 2000. This is a long time ago. <laughs> this is I was 16, man. <laughs> long time ago. <laughs> I'll be 35 on Sunday, man. This is. Uh, I'm not gonna tell you how old I am. Oh, we're close. Uh, I just turned 28 last night, so right, we're uh, cool. oh, yesterday. Thank you, sir. Thank you, sir. We got the Pisces, close close you know? birthdays here. That's what I'm talking about. In. That's what I'm talking about. What's up, Steelers See, Nation Radio? San Antonio Holmes with us here on SNR. Former first round pick, 2006. What do you remember about your time at the combine? And in you know what, uh, 12, 13 years here since then. It's probably even more of a of a show now than it was back oh, then. Oh, completely. We had none of this stuff going on around around that time. We we got drafted in 06. Uh, I was scared. I was very nervous. Uh, didn't know what to expect. Didn't know how people would react to seeing you know my body. Uh, uh, you have to you know basically stand you know right, yeah. basically naked right, right. Yeah. in front of everybody. A lot of eyes, yeah. Uh, just so in your drawers, was, just standing little, there. <laughs> that was a little uncomfortable, you know, at that time being a 20 year old kid, you sure. know, getting drafted in the NFL. So. Um, but I enjoyed every moment to opportunities to meet with the teams and to hear what they had to say and to hear the negativity that they had to say about me and what things I needed to work on. I think that allowed me to take a seat back and realize, okay, I got another shot at impressing these guys because I honestly don't have to perform at the combine. All I'm no, here right, to right. do is to listen and hear what they got to tell me. So when they come to Ohio State to my pro day, I've worked on everything that they have already prepared for me. And by the time they see me, they're like, okay, this guy is well-rounded. But guess what? That was because I've taken all the notes that you (laughs) told me I had to work on. You know what I mean? And I I made them into, you know, the guy that they were ready to draft in the NFL. Okay. Um, You can say this now. You don't have to, you know, your your time in the combine is gone. But – what a grind it is those couple of days these guys are here. I mean, that's why I was scared. I don't blame you. I mean, I would have sat out as much as I could because what if you have a cold or something's a little off? I had off? the flu. Yeah, really. I had the flu. You don't sleep that well. And I had to well. gain eighteen pounds to come to the combine. Oh wow! Because they wasn't sure if I it's was big co- enough. Or, yeah, 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 you know, yeah. to play in this game. And, and then did you lose a little for the forty? And a little. You lose a I lot. lost all of it. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I got it back down to about one seventy two, seventy three. And I was able to hit that 40, you know, full speed uh, and run and a 439. That 38-yard track at Ohio State. Hey, if you guys want to come <laughs> out downhill. and measure, if you guys want to come out and measure that track at Ohio State, you know, you will. You will I, I will definitely pull out the tape measure and politely walk right down that road with you so that you can see that this is a full 40-yard dash. Whether they clock us if we cross the 40 or not, you know, that's another story. But I won't. I won't disrespect my university in no regards of that. So disregard that comment. That was just some joke, you know, that we're having with these guys. So thank you guys for having me on SNM, man. This is awesome. Awesome. Uh, a couple, just one or two more questions yeah, here ahead. for you, Santonio. How do you think? As a guy who's at all levels been through this whole process and everything, a guy's college football body of work versus how they perform here in a few days. How should those be weighted? How should those be viewed by the teams? What do you put more stock into? When you think about school, there's a semester, nine weeks in a semester, whatnot, in high school, 
college, 15 weeks of school. There's a test that comes up. Middle of the semester, end of the semester. Midterms and finals. This is your final. Yeah, that's a good way of looking at it. Right. This is your final. Do you want to come to this stage and give these people a C-minus grade for them to evaluate you on? Because that's the only grade you get to pass. It's yeah. the only time, excuse me, that you get to pass a grade, you use your grades to pass. Right. Because they're looking to see A-plus players. Sure. They want to know A-plus bodies. They want to know A-plus mindset. They want to know A-plus teammates. They want to be able to draft the best person that they bring here to this combine. So when you come here, you don't want to come here with any type of baggage, anything holding over your head that they could hold against you because this is your one opportunity or your first opportunity, you know, for a lifetime to, to play, you know, 10 years in this, in this, in this game to be able to, to make all the money that you want to. So this is only a short span of time, you know, that we're guaranteed anything uh, at this point. So yeah, that's well just said. don't take all that, that baggage with and, you. And what's a little different about the final exam is you know what's on the test. You're going to go up there and bench and, you know, you get You've ready You've already for prepared it. the whole yeah. 15 weeks. You know, you Absolutely. knew you had the bench press. You knew you had the shuttle. You know you mm -hmm. had the 40 time. So go out and perform those things to the best because it's only a test. Yeah. It's not determining if you're getting drafted in the first round or not. And I'm a prime example because I did not one thing here at this NFL Combine for them to understand and test me to be able to grade and evaluate me. And that was by choice because I had to gain that weight and yeah, I didn't yeah. feel comfortable because I wasn't going to perform at my best. So at I took my weight, second right. But you look good in your underwear. Apparently, I fit. I fit the description. <laughs> Last question I have for you, though, is: Does anything stick out with you during your draft process? Of, I might end up as a Steeler. No, really. They were the last pick of the NFL draft, and being a fan since I was a kid, there was no way the Steelers are trading up to get me, mm -hmm. and I had to accept that. I didn't think that I was going to go that late in the first round, uh, but 2000 to 2005. There were close to 30 receivers drafted in the National Football League. So that made it tough during that period of time that I'm making that transition into the NFL that am I going to be one of those number one guys or just one of those guys that they need as a team, as a teammate. Mm -hmm. And lo and behold, you know, the Steelers lost Antoine Randall to the Redskins. And here's a great punt returner, you know, and a great wide receiver that uh, is capable of filling in this, this void. And they got that bang for their buck, you know, yeah. for four years out of me. Uh, but you didn't that see that one to, coming? Not at all. Yeah, wow. You know, I'm very thankful, you know, that the Rooney's took an opportunity on me. Uh, coach Cower, you know, I get a chance to see, you know, my childhood, you know, idol coach that I admired, uh, his attitude and his tenacity um, to get a chance to play for him for one year. Uh, my, my one quick story before we get off is a uh, preseason game, uh, my rookie year. I'm back there returning punts. Coach Cower calls me up and said, hey, you're up. I was like, okay. <laughs> he said, uh, get out there and show me something. I said, cool. I get out there. You know, I'm waiting. You know, heart kind of pounding a little hard. <laughs> and I look up and I see this ball coming. <laughs> I fumbled the football. Oh, did you really? <laughs> oh, I fumbled the football. <laughs> we got the ball back. There was a penalty on the play. And Coach Cower gives that look with that stare. That jaw hanging up. <laughs> he looks at me and gives me the point. <laughs> Get over here. I'm going to give you one more chance, and you better show me something. And he shoved me on the football field. 
I went 68 yards for a touchdown. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, baby. Woo! <laughs> so that's my, that's my memory. San Antonio Holmes with us here on SNR. Last one for you real quick. Uh, I know you're here. We, we talked about it with the NFL Legends community, one of 14 legends here on hand serving as mentors to the prospects this week. Yes. What's your message to those guys? Oh, man, being a mentor is tough, you know, because you have to understand and listen and know how to communicate with each individual differently. Yep. Uh, everybody doesn't receive your message uh, as the same. But my message to these guys is continue to be, you know, the leader that they want to be. Um, wear their brand and their name, you know, proudly. Uh, take their family, you know, on this journey with them. You know, don't leave any man behind because at some point in time, you're going to need that f those family members, you know, when this game is over with. And if you don't take those family on that ride with you, it's going to be hard to get them in the ride, you know, mm -hmm. at the end of the day. So my piece of advice, man, is to not shed yourself away from your family. You know, it's something that I did because I was more focused on providing for my kids. Uh, than having my family members around because I thought it would be a distraction. But as a young man, when you get the right people around you, they help you and they allow you to grow, you know, around the things that you're doing. And that they're willing to system. sacrifice. Yes, yeah, sir. Yeah. And if you can get the right family members that bring in the right support system for you, you know, keep them on your side and don't, don't let them walk away from you. Great advice. San Antonio yes. Holmes, Steelers legend, former Super Bowl MVP. Thank you so much for taking the time. This was great. Yes, awesome, guys. <laughs> Thanks for having me on SNN. SNR, excuse me. <laughs> Folks, that is a wrap. Three little fun interviews there. I thought that was a blast. I thought you'd like it. I thought it was a good way to expose you to a different side of my life as well, as, whether, as well as get some national, really insightful people on this podcast. So um, now you got to go check out part two. It's going to be very, very similar. Over and out.